Hello to anyone listening. This is one of the blog cast episodes. And it, this was one of those mornings, so I, I hope I'm able to record a decent one for you. But it's one of those mornings where I decided to get up, um, set up these new audio cables that I had, and adjust my mixer. And <laughs> right there is where you hear the <clears throat> uh, record scratch. For some reason, um, I'm not finding or understanding the proper way to set up my mixer. And the way I have it set up, I have the mixer as my uh, source where everything is uh, plugged in. And then I have a backup recorder. But um, I just realized I don't even know why I'm saying this. But anyway, so I I wasted so much time just trying to get the mixer set up. So uh, it's a lot later than I expected. It's after nine. And usually I get up a lot earlier than this to record. But this one's going to be a blog cast episode. And I hope I I did an okay job with the mixer because I was just at the point where I was ready to just drop the mic literally uh, and not record one. But I I haven't been updating too much on the site, so I I need to uh, be strict with myself. So the article that uh, this is uh, primarily going to try to follow, <clears throat> um, and I say that because I've I've haven't recorded anything uh, in a couple weeks, maybe, and I probably got a lot of ideas just bouncing around in my head. So we'll see where the uh, conversation uh, conversation converse. It's not one person, huh? I'm talking to myself, talking to a mic. So, um, I, as I said on the last article, I don't really, uh, follow politics. It doesn't matter to me and it doesn't make a difference. And so I don't participate in any of that. I don't bother researching any of the stuff that you need to know before you go into that ballot box. And, um, So I I can't um, really, I guess, fairly um, talk about any any of that stuff. But um, this article is more on uh, privacy and um, sorry, privacy, piracy. And um, I got a little distracted there. I had a little um, idea pop in my head. So... um, I was listening to uh, Benjamin Walker's Theory of Everything podcast, and uh, it's kind of a fun one, but it also gives you some some good ideas, good thoughts, good uh, exercises for your brain. And the way he uh, makes the podcast, he's kind of mixing in a lot of different uh, audio clips and Uh, maybe even different ideas that you wouldn't think would fit together. So anyway, he brings up um, the online piracy. And so I I believe that the podcast might have started or mentioned uh, piracy in one of the interviews. Well, anyway, so he's um, talking about whether piracy is something good or bad. And um, of course, I'm going to, 
start dissing the media and how much time we waste today in the entertainment uh, aspect of our lives. And so if, if that sounds like something that you probably don't want to hear, maybe you want to pause or skip this one from this point forward. It's kind of funny that I would try to convince you not to listen to this, but um, I tend to repeat myself. And so I'm a little self-conscious in that if you've heard this before, you might not enjoy it as much. But anyway, so um, I'll, I'll try to keep that to a minimum. But um, so he's talking about what piracy is and um uh, the way I uh, mentioned on the article, I mean, I'm, I'm doing this blog and I'm doing the uh, podcast and I'm, I'm trying to get some ideas, some thoughts out there, some beliefs just to, I don't know, express myself to um, reach that part of my life where I can share some of the things that I've noticed or just in, entertain somebody. But um, there's a distinction when obviously you're making money out of your artistic, uh, expression and you get to the point where you, I guess, try to start fighting the urge to express yourself versus the urge to live in our modern society. And that means money. That means making money out of whatever it is that you're doing. And, uh, I guess that there's this dividing line where I would think most content creators would be happy in a place where there was some sharing of their information, uh, not information, their art form. So a musician is probably always happy to know that somebody else is listening to their stuff. But then the, I guess the realization starts to cement that, uh, listens don't always mean money. And I know that it's changing now with the streaming services and everything. So, uh, I think that it depends on how many people are listening. So when more people listen to a certain artist, they get a couple pennies more or something like that. But, uh, I know that I, or I feel that any person that is expressing themselves hopes that 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 whatever it is that they're doing is going to get out there to as many people as possible while at the same time have some uh, formula where they can monetize that so they can have membership or a reason for people to uh, fund their lives so that they can just dedicate themselves to whatever they want to do. So uh, I, I think that the podcast is almost like trying to show one side of it first and then it, I, I guess, to find the other side of it, the other uh, subjective version of the story is to uh, find people that are uh, victim to this and I, uh, not victim to the piracy itself, but victim. Uh, and I think that the reason why he avoided that is because when you do that, then you're talking about a celebrity that's complaining that he's not making a lot of money. Uh, and I think that that argument is really a challenge for people to uh, realize that it's not fair that your favorite pop star is not um, getting the extra couple million dollars over the billion that he already has in his bank account. You can see how it starts to get a little detached from the 
uh, conversation that you're trying to have with somebody. So I, I feel that maybe his podcast just went to the other side and said, okay, victimization to the law that was put in place. And so he tries to find a couple people that he can interview for this audio uh, for the Benjamin Walker's uh, Too Much Information podcast. And uh, he finds three. Uh, but here's the thing. Here, here's where it gets interesting. Uh, he found three that actually were, I guess, allegedly fined. I don't know if you can pull that record up or not. But the funny thing is that they are all involved in the music industry. Uh, so then I, I my mind started to kind of think of that where when I hear something like that, that most people would dismiss as a coincidence, I start to kind of um, wrinkle one of my eyebrows and start to think like, wait a minute, coincidences sometimes happen, but uh, sometimes, especially when it's something that is created, something that uh, is not a random act of fate, then it's something that somebody chose, like, let's say, um, the founding of America or uh, declaring independence. Like, those are dates that I feel that uh, the reason why we're finding that they're not the exact date, it's because I think that they're aligning those things with other beliefs, like... Um, I think it's July 4th that it's when the sun is the farthest from the earth. Um, and here's the thing. I'm, I'm piecing a bunch of stuff together, but even now I don't have the time to dig into each one of these conspiracies. But So supposedly the sun is the farthest away, but wait, in July it's summer, it's hot. But I've also heard other uh, theories and beliefs that the sun is not a... Um, like atomic, it's not uh, a burning of energy. It's more like an electrical current. Um, and let me go on a, um, uh, like a, a mind thing that I've been, uh, uh like a, a stoner thought that, um, from what I remember electricity being explained when I was in the uh, electric part of the elevator trades uh, schooling system. And I was learning about electricity. And one of the things that the instructor uh, pointed out that was really interesting is that we don't know what electricity is. What we know is that it's a... Uh, a force. It's an energy. And we're creating it by moving magnetic fields through other magnetic fields. <clears throat> Excuse me. The, uh, I should get a drink of water. This might get a little uh, deeper. So um, uh, the way that you create electricity is you create you manufacture a coil, which is nothing more than a wire that's wrapped around a uh, sometimes magnetic um, core. So you wrap a wire over and over and over a bunch of times. Um, actually, something that has to be very precise because you're counting each revolution or the length of wire that you're doing through there. And um, I, I rather not get into variable voltage, variable uh, current motors, because then it gets even more complicated where you're 
messing with that ratio even uh, deeper so that you uh, could uh, slow down and speed up the motor or give it torque and uh, take torque away. Um, so it's, it's the straight, if you think about it as a hose, it's like, uh, you putting your finger up against a nozzle, uh, that would be creating it a higher voltage. So it's shooting really far out. Um, so another branch of this, it's going to go into another, uh, uh, I guess you can call it conspiracy theory or, um, is uh, Nikola Tesla. He in, uh, created the Tesla coil, which is an invention that uh, supposedly was going to give electricity to a large area uh, wirelessly. And then you can see this in those chargers where it's just a pad that you rest on, you rest your device on and it charges. Well, all you're doing is you're crossing those magnetic waves. Uh, any electrical current is basically hand in hand with a magnetic field. So much that, uh, as I've said before, I've heard that even in a, when they're working on power lines, if there's, let's say, three wires, you can shut off maybe two of those legs and you'll show a current uh, going into one of the other legs without any electricity running through it, uh, only through the third wire that is still on. So in other words, you can picture any electrical uh, energy that's being used is has a magnetic field around it depending on how much uh wattage is being used and uh so tesla's theory is to create this high voltage field uh that would basically it's invisible and you can power a town a city and the theory is that it was going to be eventually world but uh obviously things didn't go in that direction um but the thing is, when you really go down to the core of what I'm talking about, we don't know what electricity is. It's a The way it was explained to me is when you're trying to read it with the uh, electrical meter, what you're trying to find is the difference in potential. So think of it almost as uh, static electricity. You're rubbing your feet through the carpet and then you're positively, I, I hope that that's right, but you're you're charging yourself with this uh energy this this um this static electricity and then when you touch something me me uh, metallic then it'll uh, it'll shock you it, it flares back at you and and it's concentrated into your fingertip but again going back to the beginning grammar we don't know what electricity is it, it's a difference in potential it's electrons it's uh, a force but it's not like it's something we can put in a jar that has uh, material form, I, I should say. There's uh, instruments that you can use to measure it. So, whoa, how did I get to that tangent? Um, so, um, wow, really, how did I get to electricity from that? Because I was talking about the uh, Benjamin Walker. Um, and so they were looking for people that had been penalized uh for the law um okay i'm sure it'll connect back to it but so um the three people worked in the music industry so it starts to oh that's what it was the curiosity but um so you uh try you're trying to show how 
people have actually been fined for downloading music. And then the three examples that at least he himself was able to find is three people that don't want to talk that work in the music industry. And that it, it might sound a bit out there, but think about that for a second. It's almost like saying, uh, you know what, this store is uh, so serious about crime that if you try to steal something from that store, uh, man, maybe that's not it. Well, I guess so. It's They're both laws, right, that you can break. Uh, they say that the... Uh, that they won't ask questions that immediately after they notice that you walk out with something, they'll turn a gun on you and shoot you, uh, hopefully in the legs, but sometimes it goes fatal. And then there's a couple examples of people that have been shot for trying to steal from the store. You look into it and they're all employees of the store for whatever reason. Maybe they, they're not happy. They're bad people, whatever it is, but that you find out that the only three people that have been victims to this new, uh, uh, this new rule is people that are trying to enforce the rule. Like it, it, it seems a bit odd to have that. Right. So the music industry employees were the ones that were fined for illegally pirating music. Um, I, I don't know how else to um, point out the absurdity of this. And it, it works. It's it's not like it's a really that much of a bad thing, but uh, I feel that I have this bias whenever I feel that people are being manipulated. I almost feel like I want to uh, tear down the curtain and at least uh, give the opportunity for those that think to take a second and maybe uh, try to discover something that's a little more truthful than what they've been told. Um, but with this type of manipulation, you're basically fixing the solution without punishing anybody. It's the, uh, the brain experiment that uh, Jason Silva shows, and I, I'm sure tons of neurologists have attempted this, and it's the uh, the um, fact that when you're being looked at, you change your behavior. And I guess that it might go back to us being primitive in that when uh, you were cast out of the group, you were in danger and you, your survival um survivability just dropped because now you don't have the help of the community on your side. And so it became a survival mechanism to just follow the group and to just do what everybody else is doing or whatever everybody else is accepting. Um, what is it like a, like a common belief or a common understanding of acceptable behavior? Um, and for that reason, you can use this type of manipulation on people. Uh, the, uh, obviously, this is for the better because what do you do? You scare people off, people that are considering just downloading a ton of music and just making an awesome collection that they can take on a road trip or whatever. It's going to make them uh, think a little bit. Um, and... I think that uh, the farther that you get into this rabbit hole, it starts to uh, consume you. And I'll refer back to the awesome article, and I should probably just link it to this because I think I mentioned it in the article too. And that's the, uh, actually, as I'm on here, let me go down to the bottom 
and this is for my notes because I don't want to forget this. Uh, Kronos Kairos. It's an article that I uh, mentioned before on the podcast where uh, the difference between Kronos and Kairos and you, I guess you kind of would think of it as uh, the Greek mythological creatures. Um, I'm obviously more now because you have video games like God of War or you have uh, television shows like Supernatural or just a lot of comic books, cartoons. There's always reference to uh, Greek mythology. And um, I think that when you look at the Greek mythological uh, personifications of whatever it is that they're trying to show, it starts to kind of lose its meaning. Uh, And I, I mean that when you start to think of Zeus as a bearded guy that's in the clouds that rides a cloud that shoots lightning bolts or whatever image that you're being fed, it starts to take away from the message. And uh, then if the, uh, the artist is not able to kind of bring that back into uh, a personal um, analogy of their, their actual life, then it, starts to get blurred and lost altogether. Uh, and that's when you get bad movies and everything. But Kronos is, uh, these are two different forms of measuring um, existence, I should say. And I, I say existence because I'm trying to avoid to using the word time because um, Kronos is the Greek mythological god that consumes his children. If you look it up, you find uh, pictures of Kronos, which is, I believe, one of the original titans that uh, uh, started consuming his children. And I might be mixing things up, but I think that it was because the one of his children was supposed to be the one that would bring about the new age of the um, Greek mythological gods. And uh, so to avoid that and keep the original Titans as the gods, he started consuming the children. And so they protect Zeus by putting him down the river in a basket or something like that. And it's very similar to Zeus, uh, similar to uh, Noah in the Old Testament and also similar to Jesus in the New Testament, in that uh, these uh, messiahs were all in danger of being killed or consumed, and uh, they were separated from the masses, the uh, others that were being uh, victimized by this uh, ideology, and uh, that led to their salvation. So they, they lived only because they were hidden away from the others, and that grew up to be uh zeus uh if i'm again if i'm not mixing things up but so chronos consumes his children and chronos is saturn saturn is uh consumption if you look at the the uh uh target logo it is saturn from above it is a sphere at the center and there's a giant ring around it uh, and uh, consumption is always associated with that. So the 
graduated consumer is actually just wearing a cap and gown when they graduate. They have a mortar board on the top. They're one of the many bricks that keeps this system flowing and keeps everything uh, uh, continuing and not uh, evolving or or uh, it's being kept in a mode of perpetual motion, meaning that it feeds itself. And these new mortar boards are more bricks to build the foundation that holds everything together. So the consumers are the commodity and they're the product there. It's a cycle of just a never ending loop of you work to consume and you, uh, your work means you're creating goods to be consumed. Um, and so that's just an existence that is very hollow, very empty, but the one that you're, uh, these, this, uh, idea should be, heading you towards is Kairos. And that's the, uh, the opposite, the di uh, diametrically opposed, um, opposite of what Kronos is. And that is, uh, content, uh, content in time. So these are both in reference to time, but Kairos is so detached from time that it really doesn't matter. Uh, Kairos is that moment when you uh, like that girl and you let her know that you like her and she finally comes over and tells you that she likes you too. That moment of you reaching for each other's hands or you with your partner and uh, about to embrace or kiss for the first time. It's that eternal feeling of, Oh my God, this is heaven. Or this feeling is, um, lasting forever. Sometimes it's not necessarily a pleasure based. It could be something uncomfortable. Maybe you're dropping something and the moment that you're trying to catch it in the air feels like, it's in slow motion. It's, it's so, uh, content driven that it feels like time is non-existent. Time is stretched out so far that your experience is lasting an eternity. Another place where this is almost, uh, a good example of it is when you, when you wake up, your alarm goes off and then you think to yourself, oh man, if I could only have five more minutes. So you lean over and you hit the snooze button, whatever amount of time that it is that you have it set to. Mine is set to five minutes. But when I just wake up and I feel like, oh, I'd like to just a little more, then I'll hit that snooze button. And for those five minutes, it I almost always immediately go into REM sleep. So I start to have an experience, uh, idea, um, a movie plays out or whatever type of crazy dream I dive into. And sometimes it might be connected to the one I just dreamt of. Sometimes it continues. Sometimes it's something completely different. But the thing that I always notice and this is also true when you're very tired, when you're really exhausted, you start to almost lose the grip that you have on uh, the the length of time. Uh, and I know that the neurology points out that a lot of it is um, uh, in reference to the observer. And then e even then it starts to get tricky because uh, time on our planet is not going to be similar to time on other places. And, um, 
So it is all relevant to the observer. Uh, but when you're in these other worlds, when you're having a psychedelic trip or you're dreaming or you're exhausted and you uh, take a quick nap for a minute or two, that time feels like it's different than our time. It almost feels like there's no way I had a dream about me. Uh, I don't know, driving to a mall, meeting up with my friends, uh, going to a park and then ending up at the beach all in the span of five minutes. I, uh, if I were to, uh, and you can find this out sometimes too, in that a short five minute dream uh, would take you, I don't know, 15 minutes to explain because there's just so much involved. And part of that, uh, just to kind of um, play devil's advocate as far as this uh, example is concerned, um, it's that uh, I know that the way that our brain, uh, I mean, neuro neurologic research shows that uh, it all is dependent on how much information the brain is processing. So there is things like the flow state where you're, it's almost like everything is in slow motion in reference to you. And at that point, you're, you can be a skilled fighter, a skilled uh, athlete, and you can do things that might seem uh, very second nature to you, but are just in incredibly um uh, unbelievable in the real world because our uh, concept of time is different than the person that's in a flow state. Um, again, I'm mixing a bunch of different things. Uh, so if you're curious about any of those, I'm sure that you can just Google it um, or just start looking into neurology and uh, brain games is a, a pretty good show that explains a lot of this. Um, so, um, oh man. So where was I? Kairos, uh, Kronos Kairos. So Kairos is content driven, uh, five minutes, a five, uh, maybe even a five second memory could feel so much more impactful and lengthy than, uh, a summer camp you went to or a vacation that you took. And that's because the content is what matters when you're in uh, speaking in reference of Kairos. It's not staring at your clock all the time. But the, the theory goes that the controllers, the people above us, uh, and th this is where the knowledge is coming from. Uh, I guess most theological beliefs is that for your salvation, you're breaking free from... Um, from controls, from influences that are not good for you. And all of society and modern ways of living are uh, dragging you back into the chronos, the, the consumption of hollow existence, instead of the existence of having those uh, Cairo moments where you don't really have plans. You spend a day with somebody you love or that uh, you enjoy their company and you're not staring at your clock or picking up your phone every 10 minutes to see what else is going on in the world, that you're in the moment, that you're existing and experiencing your existence through means of uh, joy, or I, I should say um, non-influence. And you're just kind of flowing with 
what's going on around you and you're not forcing things and uh, constantly trying to affect your environment. You're in the moment and you're enjoying it for what it is. And you're not uh, being pulled back into the existence of just menial, repetitive uh, existence. Um, and you're probably thinking like, wow, this is kind of went awry, but I'll do my best to uh, pull it back around. Um, this is the argument that I warned you about at the beginning. So if you made it this far, uh, this is the part that people might have actually, uh, uh, quit at. And it's that it's very, um, I don't know if I should even say very. I feel that the existence in Kronos is often associated with the uh, entertainment that we give ourselves. And w what I'm trying to say is that, um, and of course I'm trying to be a little more cryptic than just the typical thing that I say that just turn off the TV, just put your phone down, just don't use technology. Give me a sec. Because I, I'm not trying to do that, that whiny, um, um, preaching, but it, I, I guess that if it makes sense to you or if it really does add value and by value, I mean, it gives you Kairos and not Kronos in that, um, there's some, uh, TV shows that I've seen in the past and there's one uh, called The Shield. And I think that it was a pretty cool show for its time. Of course, I'm sure that there's plenty of other way better shows now. But the thing about it is that all the time that I dedicated to watching every single minute of that seven seasons or whatever it was, is uh, Kronos. But you can almost like wring it out like a rug, like a, like a rag. I mean, like a mop. You can wring out a tiny little trickle. Like you're squeezing all this, um, uh, uh, brain energy and you're trying to get a little bit of Kairos out of this Kronos moment. And there is, there is some, but the only way to gain access to that little bit of Kronos is to have somebody else get dragged into that, um, enslavement that uh, that chronos existence of just sitting there and staring at this television screen that's going to show you the exact story that it shows every single person that puts this disc into their device or that hits play it's the same exact program um of course program um Meaning, I, I don't think it's in irony. I think that they know exactly why they call these things. But program, obviously, is uh, something that alters uh, the thing that's running it. So if you run a program on a computer, you're uh, creating a set of commands that is going to be followed. And so you're watching a television program. This is why it's giving you the proper subjects that you can discuss at the water cooler the next day it's giving you the uh who are the bad guys who are the good guys which is a big one it's telling you uh even what to buy what to do when to do it when not to do it how to think um but it's all uh 
for that little bit of Kairos, that little moment of, you know what? This show is really fun. It's really cool. It has this one episode where once you've got to know these characters, this is going to happen and it's really worth your time. The thing is that even that show, um, while I enjoyed it, it's very difficult for me to recommend that somebody sit through the hours and hours of programming to see that little bit of cool, um, um, cruel, cool Kairos moment, that moment of yes, uh, throwing up the fist in the air when your team makes a, a point and <clears throat> oftentimes the entertainment industry is, um, not only, um, I guess, trying to pull you into the chronos but existing through the chronos it's uh <clears throat> uh it has such a tiny amount of kairos that uh that that pursuit that chasing the dragon of the kairos moment is um i guess they're getting better at it now but it, it's uh work and it's no different than putting that carrot in front of the horse of um, promising that reward at the end of the race. It's, uh, it's time. It's time that it's taking away from you. And uh, the music industry and the entertainment industry and any of these industries that is there to entertain you, like um, uh, probably really silly to even point this out, but I remember... Uh, back in the when what let me see when did Nintendo come out? Nintendo release. Um, because I remember that I went to a swap meet, nineteen eighty five. Wow! So I, I was at a flea market with my mom and my brother. And I remember asking our mom to buy us a Nintendo. It was. I don't know if it was a hundred bucks or one thirty at the time, but I remember, and uh, we probably didn't get it immediately. It probably took a while for them to consider getting it for us. But I remember looking at the box, and it said um, "Entertainment System" underneath Nintendo, and I thought to myself, "It's a system. It's a device um, for entertainment." So in other words, this is something that's manufactured to keep you busy, to entertain you, to, um, and of course you got to probably hear this with a stoner ear, but, um, it's, it's as poignant, poignant, oh man, poignant as, uh, the, um, uh, the example I had earlier, geez, it's, it's, um, I'm losing my trail of thought here. Um, the um, the programming, the television shows. So um, this thing is telling you this device was created to keep you busy. If you're if you don't got anything to do, if you're so bored, if you are, um, if there's nothing that would keep you busy or keep you, if you're just gonna sit there and and be miserable. Buy this device so that you can 
be entertained so that you can, um, how would you say, uh, so you can occupy your mind because the world has been bore, boring to you because there's not enough stuff out there to keep you busy um, because you would rather be a part of this uh, entertainment than to go out and do something else. Um, and again, it goes all full circle because I think that the um, almost like uh, depression that I feel that society is starting to show more and more is connected to this um, never ending consumption. And I often wonder like at the top, is it that there, because I, I mean, uh, you could almost explain it to yourself that what everybody else is trying to do is just figure out how to get more than everybody else. And it, all businesses are basically trying to find a way from getting your currency, <clears throat> which you inputted time, time out of your life at doing a task and they're giving you a symbol for it. And that's what the money that you're carrying in your wallet is. And so if you think about it as time, then you're giving away your time. And then after the fact, the product itself is taking even more time away uh, from your existence. And not only the menial work that you did to get that symbol, that money, uh, not only that time that you wasted, uh, because Oftentimes we find ourselves doing things that we would rather not do if we didn't need money. So in other words, you're doing something that while you might get pleasure out of, um, oftentimes we're doing it to get paid to make money. And then that money is used to buy things and those things are taking more time away from you. And so it's, it's almost like double. It's kind of like the, <clears throat> the thing I pointed out where once you pay your taxes, you get a tax refund, you get your money back basically. So they said, oh, you know what? We took too much here. Here's some back. And that money is taxed. So you're getting taxed on that money a second time. Um, or the uh, even when you buy a soda, you're when you go and you take some recyclables and you get some money out of it, it's not like you got a prize. Your tax return is not a reward that you got. Uh, it's basically the money that you've made throughout the days that was taken away from you wrongfully and then given back to you at the end of the day. And that mentality of, you know what? I got my tax return. I can splurge on this one thing. Um, you're basically spending actual money that you've made like, uh, I've ranted about my uncle that spent a lot of his retirement going to casinos and uh, he oftentimes would treat it like it's something that he won. It's uh, I guess it's the equivalent of the, when you go to a casino and you're playing, let's say you put 20 bucks in and the money keeps going down little by little, maybe slots, whatever it is that you're playing. And then, um, let's say you're at, 
a couple dollars and then the machine just um, lines up and it gives you $15. So all these alarms start going off and they're, they're playing with so many different psychological um, um, psychological manipulation that they're using on you is uh, so many different aspects. So they know what they're doing, but you feel rewarded, even though you put 20 bucks in and now you got two bucks left and now you want 15, you're at 17 bucks, but your mental state is telling you that you're, Hey, you won, you got luck. Um, and it's something that I think that, uh, people can't logically see people that are, that have a gambling problem. And my uncle is, is that person. He would uh, buy lotto, do a couple scratchers, put some more money down on the counter, get some more scratchers, win back some of the money. So he gives it immediately right back. And he says, give me a couple more of those. Uh, give me some, I don't know, super, some lotto also um, numbers, some more scratchers. And then he keeps pulling out his wallet every time. So the feeling of winning just like any of the good feelings, it's just so addicting that you can use that to get somebody's cash. And um, again, it all connects back to um, the music industry and piracy. And um, I hope that it doesn't sound like I'm just dismissing the whole thing at the end and saying that, hey, guys, it doesn't matter. It's like if I were to sit here and uh, argue about politics and say how we're either doomed or we're not doomed or whatever it is that I'm trying to push right uh, on a political scale. Uh, and then at the end, I say, you know what, but it doesn't matter who you vote for. Um, it, it'd be like, I don't know, flipping the checkers board or um taking the ball home and having everybody just stand at the court, just confused. Um, but there's, I guess a balance that we all might need to have. And that's the choice of what is it that I really want to spend my existence doing? Um, <clears throat> I, I read something else that I was really fascinated with. It's a little bit heady, but um, oh, okay. I got 46 minutes. I'll, I'll, I'll try to run through it real quick. Um, it's fascinating that most schools of psychology really do acknowledge that there's more than one, uh, psyche. And there's a lot of old teachings that talk about the id, the negative side of the person. This entity is something that exists in our mind that we're constantly battling. And so to get the, uh, ideal state of existence is to uh, defeat the id, the ego, the negative uh, evil side to us and become a good person and not do ill will. Um, it almost sounds to an extent as it's talking about just do the right thing. And we fight a compulsion, uh, an inner voice, a wrong voice that tells us to do the wrong thing. And uh, it's our uh, choice. It's our free will. Like, like the Bible says that we have, it's our free will to do the wrong thing, but our good heartedness to not do the bad thing and to do the right thing. But, um, the, uh, psychological belief is also, uh, extended out to almost like that movie up 
where there's not only another personality in there that they can reference by the, uh, I don't have the book with me, but it, it was an experiment. If I'm not mistaken, it was in 1985 that showed the, the difference in um, uh, cognitive experience of one person between two different sides of the brain. And I, 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 the one that I saw was basically showing the brain uh, divided into two and showing how one side is a little more analytical. And uh, so one side is more literal and one side is more image based. And so they're kind of testing and it, it gets a little complex in that maybe on the logical side, it's starting to show text that says, I don't know, ball. And uh, they show it to one side of the brain and it, it's it's gibberish, it's symbols, it doesn't mean anything. And then the other side of the brain will read it as ball and then cognitively processes that to the image that is the ball. And um, because the person has this uh, uniqueness in their brain where both brains are not communicating with each other, they can show the, the difference. And I don't know if this is specifically the experiment that confirmed that there's a left brain, right brain, because it, it, it seems to be more um, possible that we're actually uh, experiencing the two different uh, uh, voices and then we're choosing between the two. But <clears throat> Uh, some research, especially the one in 1985, is showing that the brain is actually not communicating with each other. And so, um, like I mentioned in other podcasts, it seems interesting that um, more crazier ideas, and I think some of them are kind of silly, especially when you get into quantum theory and that kind of thing, but we're starting to see those in the media a lot more. And so it's getting people at the very least, if they're watching things like the stranger things, uh, Netflix show that everybody's talking about lately, um, at least they're getting the exercise, the mental, um, experience and, and knowledge of the possibility of other dimensions, which there might or might not be, but this could be an example of one actually existing. If you are, you listening to this right now are experiencing reality through two different personalities, then that means that, uh, just like I I've mentioned before, where they say that we have a certain amount of, or there's a belief that we have a certain amount of, um, uh, melatonin and all these different chemicals that give us our personal experience. And that's what makes us who we are. But there is a balance, uh, uh an amount that like LSD, um, it makes certain colors pop more, or you get to see a different spectrum of light, uh, whether that's created in your mind or not, or just the manipulation of the information that's entering your brain. It doesn't matter. But what I'm saying is that it, it, I've heard that we need to have a certain balance. And if those chemicals are altered, even just slightly, our world starts to feel depressing and the colors start to fade. And uh, having that balance, that, that happy medium of um, having the uh, richness of color, but not psychedelic 
uh, it, not in one range where it goes so far out that it becomes a psychedelic experience and not toned down where it feels so bleak and, uh, and drained that it feels depressing, but having that happy medium. Now, these things that I've explained could differ in the two different personalities that are perceiving reality through one being, through one person. So you could be experiencing two dimensions, so to speak, of what you're, you consider to be reality. Now, it goes a little further, and I'll be honest that it seems to me like this is starting to get a little bit extravagant and convenient and um oh man what is the name of the book i hope i um the book i'm reading it's um i finished guilt shame and anxiety and uh is it valder valder kolk vander kolk um it is the body keeps the score that's the name of the book um I wish I had it close by, but uh, we're getting close to an hour anyway, so I should end this somewhat soon. Um, but what he starts to explore and uh, try to explain is that each one of those personalities, like in the movie Up, each one of those personalities are experiencing reality through their own perspective. So in other words, if you are the type that often finds yourself a little bummed out and there's just those days where you just can't figure out why you're just not happy and everything around you is is fairly similar to how it's always been but just the way that you're perceiving everything that that one day where you feel a little bit odd you woke up feeling a certain way something about how you feel is making you uh, perceive the world differently and it feels almost like depressing or almost like uh, like numbing and you can't figure out why but other days you wake up and you're super happy and you're just like laughing and joking around and you're talking to co-workers and people on the street and you just feel great all those are different personalities according to uh, Vanderkolk I think it is and um Sometimes one of those personalities takes over and that's one of the many senses. I think there's some large amount, maybe close to 30 that they um, found or that they categorized. Uh, and uh, so what happens is when you have a traumatic experience, these ideologies, these personalities will sometimes start to argue and uh, he's almost like bordering the idea of, um, I think it's Peter Bregan, the other book, uh, the guilt, shame and anxiety. It's almost like bordering what he's saying, but it's taking it in another direction in that they can start arguing. And I, I don't know. And this is where it almost like mirrors it, uh, that if you remember there's guardians and there's children and, uh, Whenever we find ourselves behaving um, a little too aggressive or defensive or uh, feeling vulnerable and weak or uncomfortable, those are different personalities. It could be a childlike helplessness or shyness uh, or embarrassment, or it could be 
a protective guardian uh, that is the tough guy and that's ready to cuss anybody out and to defend what he believes in and to stand up for himself. And that's more like the protective uh, personality. But in the the body keeps the score, he's saying it more as personalities, not as <clears throat> their personalities and their traits and how they behave and not so much that, um, uh, well, I, I guess in the end, when they start to argue, it starts to um, cause a spiral. It starts to cause this formula where uh, oftentimes when um, somebody makes you feel helpless like a child, you start to get angry. And then those two personalities are clashing because you're in the middle trying to protect yourself from harm while still feeling the fear and uh, danger of the situation that you feel you're in. Uh, and um, the part where it starts to get a little bit out there for me and it feels extravagant and almost like it's a, a fun movie, but not based on maybe too much reality. And this is, of course, by somebody that knows nothing about this. I'm just reading a couple of books. I'm trying to understand this. I don't, I didn't go to school for this, uh, that you talk to each one of those personalities and that through his therapy, you tell one personality to step aside. And then you say, well, that protective personality that you have there, can you have it step aside and let me know what it's protecting? And then through the, that type of questioning, the person starts to let their guard down and um, move the child aside and show the person's self, the person's true identity and not these uh, emotions, um, these uh, feelings that are coming about by the experience, the world that they're being fed versus the world that they're creating. Um, so I'm at 58 minutes. I could just wrap this one up here. Um, check out the article. Um, I think I'm going to end up naming this one. Uh, privacy does not need to be dangerous to people. Um, but it is. Um, and I hope it makes sense as much as uh, I tried to explain it verbally, because with these type of ideas and um, articles that I write, I feel that they branch off into so many sections that it's just difficult to kind of keep it concise. And as you know, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to be as concise and direct in my articles and then to break down and uh, allow you to analyze it in the audio so that the experience of each is a little bit different from each other, but still referencing the same ideas and beliefs or, uh, I, ideas that I'm trying to share with you. Um, so I think I mentioned, I mentioned the article, I mentioned, uh, the, um, too much information, Benjamin Walker's podcast. As far as I know, it's all free. You could download it. Just look up piracy and, uh, you'll find that, uh, podcast, uh, Jason Silva, uh, brain games. I mentioned that, uh, pretty cool show. I think it's on Netflix. If you have that, uh, watch it on there. Um, the Kronos Kairos example, 
um, that's a really cool article. I'll post it up because I reference this person a lot and I never found other uh, articles that are as easy to follow as this one. Uh, and she gets very uh, to the point. I believe it's she. Um, and I guess that, that ends it all. Uh, we're going to be almost exactly at an hour, 59 minutes and 30 some odd seconds. Um, robertlego.org is the website. If you go to talk shoe question, all is the name on there. I think the show, uh, ID is one, one, two, seven, six, eight, six, seven, eight. I don't know. Just look up question all and you could find all the audios. I went to Japan not long ago last month and I did a couple audios out there. I didn't do an article for it because it felt almost like, Hey guys, I went to Japan. It's kind of cool. So I didn't want to just write something quick and post up the three audios. So they're on there. They're on talk show. Um, go there and download them. And then my cousin Miguel came down from Washington. So I had a podcast with him. That one was really fun. Uh, if you care for that one. And again, that one, I couldn't connect to anything. So I didn't want to sit there and just write an article on it. So I, I still do just podcast talks. And if I don't tie those into any articles, then those are just going to be on talk show. Um, unfortunately, but, uh, this one should have this article accompanying it. And, uh, I'll, I'll try to stay on, on, uh, track here. So hopefully this one is up, um, the first second week of December, and then we'll keep going from there. So thank you very much for making it this far, listening, doing the website, the podcast, whatever it is that you're doing, as long as you're getting this information and enjoying it. Um, Thank you very much for listening. Talk to you later.